The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Stu, what was the top story for you? Uh, Somebody in a van. Um, he sent a bunch of pipe bombs around, along uh, to a bunch of people, and uh, we apparently now know his name, which I don't think there's any real point in sharing, but uh, we, there's a bunch of breaking developments on that. His too, was it from a super sane state? Uh, yeah, oh, oh, it's always the sanest state of Florida. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, Jason. It was going to be about a national publication writing about the assassination of the president, and then the van happened. So I'm going to side with Stu. It's the van. Okay. Andrew. Uh, I'm going to talk about a ruling from the European Court of Human Rights that affects freedom of speech. So ah. Keeping our eyes on friends in Europe. Yes. Mm. All right. Great. Uh, all right, Stu, start, so, start it off with the, uh, the updates from what we know as of this taping. Yeah, as of this, uh, as of this broadcast, we have uh, you know, a situation where they believe they found the person, it seems. They made an arrest in the case of the pipe bombs. Uh, and it uh, seems to be someone who's super duper like Donald Trump, like to a point of like, <laughs> like Donald Trump can't even like himself this much. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm testing science, but uh, here's the deal. have the picture of the van. This is this is one of the overheads of the van. You can't quite see everything on this. There's been some more high res pics uh, related, uh, you know, released since. And you can see uh, on the back driver's side window, you can relatively make out. Uh, Donald Trump in the presidential seal. And, you know, spoiler alert, they're all just like super pro Donald Trump uh, things, along with very pro soccer. He was a very pro soccer guy. So I, of course, uh, I think we should ban soccer and vans. Yes. Both I think we should those. ban bumper stickers. Look yes. at that. Yes, I think that's, that's, that's uh, anyone with that many bumper stickers obviously is nuts. Uh, I want to yeah. know what's inside the van. I'm, I'm curious as to what he's got in there. Oh, there's definitely a bunch of bodies in that thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, we, th- like, this is. Actually, he's not very good at uh, the bombs. So yeah. He's well, he, probably not so good at he, killing. He also apparently misspelled Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah. So I was yeah. reading that and I was like, this is not a mastermind running no, a false no. flag operation. This no. is this an guy, idiot. No. He obviously did not care at all with hiding. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of times in attacks, and especially I've, I've studied assassinations in the past, a lot of times they, they don't even concerned with you know hiding or not getting caught. They want to get caught, and this guy fits the profile for me. He he, oh, yeah. I mean he knew like I've said before that it's 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 almost virtually impossible in this day and age to pull off an attack like this, like mailing or either you know at one point a camera is going to show you walking yeah. into a post office or handing off a package to a courier. It's virtually impossible to get away with this. So his, his brilliant plan to frame Debbie. Wasserman Schultz. <laughs> yeah, with Foiled. Work. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, but her name, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, aside, he, he is, you know, uh, super, uh, you know, obviously completely insane. He was on the radar, though, of, of authorities before this. Apparently, reportedly, they, they already had, like, taps on his, uh, or, you know, like, uh, detect, I don't know, you, you'd probably know the term of it, but it's where they're basically, like, holding an ongoing collection of information on him. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, you're, if you're going to... For making threats to, to uh, federal judges, by the way. Ah. That's why he was already on the list. Which is a pretty big development. You know, and you're right, you're not trying to hide. I guess everyone around town knew this guy. So, like, the idea that it's someone who is faking, I mean, he is directly out of central casting for a Trump-supporting bomb maker. This is either Uh, over-the-top false flag or, (laughs) I think, probably really just a nut job. Yeah, Yeah. just a nut job on the the Trump side. Because, I mean, he was also known around around town. Obviously, when you have that van. He's just, like, a really dedicated uh, Jill Stein proponent. 
night. He's just like, like I'm going to go deep undercover for three years. I'm going like, yeah, right. to hang out with Steve Bannon. Yeah. And I, I think this brings up, there's a couple things that I think is interesting. Number one, uh, the reaction to it uh, will not be the same reaction that happened with the Bernie Sanders supporter who was shooting up the baseball field. We at the time made a very... Uh, you know, at times it's hard to, to take the position because it's so easy to be able to say, well, Bernie Sanders is a really bad you know, influence on people and he's ginning people up to go do these things. It's not true. You know, Bernie Sanders is, is a terrible, terrible, would be a terrible president and is a terrible senator. He is not at all responsible for the lunatic um, volunteer who went and shot people at the baseball field. The same situation is here. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff I, that Trump does that I don't like at all, but that does not mean him make him responsible for, uh, for this. And and, but I do think you will see the media draw those lines a lot more clearly. We and, already have. And, and, and what, what's kind of bothered me throughout this process is that the uh, kind of everyone in the media is getting into this defensive stance of just hating whatever team they're not on, yeah. which I think is a lot of the underlying problem of why we're experiencing this. We're in a society right now where uh, it's not like uh, you're in error, you're in sin. And you have to be stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and so people that are kind of on the edge of that mental health spectrum are going crazy. And the best way to combat that is to remember that, you know, folks at Fox, folks at CNN, they still love their kids. They're still Americans. They still care about the country. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, hopefully kind of tamper this down a little bit. I, Only you know, the, a terrorist the, would say that. Yeah. <laughs> Only well, a terrorist. You know, the, the 12 people that got bomb or fake bombs sent to their house, I really hope they have a good weekend. That's got to be jarring. You know, oh, even yeah, if no. it's fake, like regardless of how you feel about, you know, Cory Booker or anybody else, their staffs too. They're terrified. These are, these are terrible things. And there's, you know, there's a lot of good folks across the political spectrum um, that are all working and trying to, trying to come up with solutions to this. And so I just hope that, that the media is able to, to stop that impulse. Just, oh, I hate the other team so much because yeah. it's feeding into this. It's, it's, it's populism. It really is. Like, I've been looking into this a lot for another project. But, I mean, this right here is the danger of populism. When you, and it's both sides, whether it's on the right or the left. And what we've already seen, and, and plus with the, with the uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name that, that, that you were just talking about that, that shot up the, uh, I don't know. the softball game? I don't want to know. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. either. Yeah. But anyway, that guy, it's, again, those are the dangers of populism. Like, he was, you know, a Bernie Sanders supporter. I'm not blaming Bernie Sanders for this. We felt likewise should not blame Donald Trump for this. But when you are, when you are, when politics is running on the line, uh, on the, on the avenues of populism, you don't see, uh, like, policies as like your savior, you know, like ideas, those are not. People take the place of ideas and policy. And that is one of the big differences uh, where where populism differs from like being a, you know, a idea or a policy or value, uh, you know, based system. We put our faith and trust in like individuals. And when that happens, you'll do anything to defend them, anything. You'll send pipe bombs to people's houses. You'll shoot up baseball games to do that. Very, very dangerous. Um, I also want to point out that another name, like we'll hear this guy's name nonstop for who knows how long now. Well, probably up until the midterms. Um, Caesar. Yeah. No, I don't even oh. think we need to know. Yeah, that. no, let's not. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. Anyway, but another name that we won't we won't hear, and I I, I won't I, I just looked up his name, but I won't say it. But was the guy that sent Rice in letters? He, you know, yes. this happened this month. It's it wasn't a couple years ago. It was just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it is incredible. And, and, and you- this week he was just <laughs> indicted by the DOJ. Yesterday, right? But can mm-hmm. you? We don't. We, did anybody hear that? Was that in the in, in the media? That's no. what I was going to say. But but it, point out who he sent those to. Yes, uh, he sent right? them to so Trump, Trump, Mattis, Pence, uh, 
right? Uh, no. Pence. I know Mattis. Chris Ray. Uh, a Navy admiral, an, a, an Air Force uh, head. Uh, yeah, administration. And Ivanka got a letter like this Ivanka, relatively recently yeah. as well. I mean, look. I, mean, I, you're, like, I was out of the country, so uh, like, I, I literally missed all of what you just said. Uh, oh, that, yeah. was, that was something like just looking at just my cursory scanning of media that did not pop up in my feed. But, there, yeah. th- but it, you would not have missed this if you were out of the country, right? Yeah. Like, no. I mean, you would have caught no, no, no. this because, I mean, look, and I understand it. Look, CNN in particular was actually one of the targets of this, so I can understand them seeing a high um, amount of value. But, I mean, I think it is much more partisan-based than that. And, and that's, that is a, that's an issue that, you know, we've talked about this before, CNN, most of the media, and I would say on the left and the right, are completely obsessed with Trump as an individual, yeah. as a personality. And it drives way too much of the coverage. Um, I think it's the one last part of this that I think is interesting when it comes to the case or what this actually is is the idea, is, is this a person who is trying to kill a bunch of people and is very bad at it, right? Like, he made 12 bombs and none of them exploded. He's not only evil, he's incompetent. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. It's like, I, that's a, yeah. is it that he's a, a, a person who wants to attempt murder and is terrible at attempting murder? That's a, that is a profile of, of, of a person, right? Like, the shoe bomber was kind of like this, the underwear bomber. Remember these stories? I hope they put them all um, in the same federal detention facility. So it's like, it's like I mean, they call it the loser wing. You wouldn't even have to have doors or windows. Yeah. No they're bars. Like, Here, take as many sheets as you want, <laughs> moron. <laughs> Every day, like, their alarm clock is just... Wah, wah. <laughs> um, but it, so it could be that, and that is... Both of these are very bad, but, like, the person who's trying to murder and fails... Um, is it, it will be interesting to see the distinction between that and the person who is not trying to murder and trying to scare. Both of those are crimes. There, it doesn't matter as far as I mean. There are they may be different charges, but uh, it is going to be interesting to see. I think that from a profile perspective, um, is this a person who's just trying to terrify people before an election and trying to uh, scare them? Um, you know, we saw some of this from the New York Times reporting that came out today. Can we look at a couple of these clips? This is uh, from a Times article talking about um, the profile and, and of these bombs in particular. Uh, here's what they said. Uh, they said, none of the devices harmed anyone, and it was not immediately clear whether any of them could have. One law enforcement official said investigators were examining the possibility that they were hoax devices that were constructed to look like bombs but would not have exploded. So um, this was paragraph number one. Well, on this, article, this right? one was relatively towards the top. However, they didn't go into detail until, uh, I think it was paragraph 34, which is what you see here, this next one. Uh, Some bomb technicians who studied photos of the device that circulated on social media suggested that bombs sent to CNN had hallmarks of fake explosives, the kind more typically depicted on television and in movies, rather than devices capable of detonating. And then uh, goes on to say, a digital clock was taped to the middle of the pipe a feature that experts say is typically shown on fictional bombs in an attempt to ratchet up dramatic tension, but unnecessary in real life. In fact, bomb makers generally avoid attaching visible clocks to their devices to keep from tipping off their targets about when bombs are set to so, explode. So the, that last sentence, yeah. the reverse of which, is because they want to tip off right. you know, the people right. so that they see it and then yeah. cause the hubbub. And that's yeah. also why you send it to a news outlet. You know what I mean? Right. If you want the most amount of exposure on it, you send it to a news outlet and you make this very visible Acme Warner Brothers Saturday morning cartoon bomb. Right. And that does not mean that he didn't, you know, like we just we don't know. I think it's an interesting point to see that distinction. But we see people all the time, you know, murderers who are uh, outward and don't care if you find out who they are. I mean, with the one in South Carolina, the shooter there was very out. He left notes. He said, this is why I'm doing it. No one will stand up because I don't I think he didn't like like black and white people getting married or something like that. And he said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot people up because of that. Uh, you know, so it could very well be this type of case, and 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 
thankfully, uh, if it was, he was just really awful at whatever he was doing. <laughs> I mean, it's a bizarre thing. Um, uh, but if the outcome of this is we have a nut job who is off the streets and no one is hurt, there are worse outcomes. Uh, and hopefully that's where this thing ends. Yeah. Uh, I want to move on to free speech. Sure. So uh, over in Europe, the, uh, so, you know, the European Union is this kind of complex body, uh, but there are supererogatory bodies uh, in the judiciary above the individual nation states there. So uh, recently there was a woman in Austria uh, who was hosting a seminar where she was um, basically you know, kind of anti-Islam uh, and said that the Prophet Muhammad is a pedophile. Now she said this because in the Hadith, which is not the Quran, it's the, the body of literature that kind of surrounds it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it says that uh, Muhammad had married a six-year-old. And so she had this, this, you know, he's a pedophile, why should you, you know, uh, admire a six-year-old, uh, admire a pedophile? Um, this was taken as a defamation lawsuit by the European Court of Human Rights. And what they ultimately ruled was that she was defaming the Prophet Muhammad and could not say this. So they fined her about 500 uh, euros. Um, now, they do, they have said in the past that it's fair game to go after religion. But in her case, they said that she was clearly going after a religion in order to um, in order to rile them up and did not have the facts correct and therefore was an error. Um, so they, they, they haven't quite gone so far as to say you can't, um, you can't pick on other religions, uh, but they have kind of tipped their hands saying that they don't want you to, um, to actually you know, cause intolerance to occur. And the, the, I mean, the problems with this, I think, are fairly myriad. Uh, one, I, it basically means that from what I can tell, the European Court of Human Rights is now going to have to weigh in on theology. Because if I'm over in Austria and I say, like, you know what, I think Anabaptists are full of it. And I, you know, because their reasoning on this, blah, 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 they kind of have to step in and correct when I'm wrong. And that seems like a very odd position for a court to be. Can mm-hmm. atheists just not speak at all? Like, if, if you're an atheist, because yeah. you're obviously what you're going to say is all oh, this is baloney anyway, right. is instantly they get hit with a lawsuit? Yeah. I, they could be. I mean, I, I frankly doubt it because I think that the technocrats in the EU are probably going to be much more prone towards right. a, a, attacks on Christianity than it is on Islam. And, like, and I'm not like, it's not so much that I, I want to defame Islam or anything like that. I, I read into this literature and there's, there's, it's, it's an interesting topic where you can get into the background and it's like, well, she, he might have married someone for socioeconomic reasons. It might not even been a sexual thing. It might have been to like, there's all sorts of things going on. So it's a fair conversation to have. But my concern is that there are in effect, putting these boundaries on free speech. And uh, you see this in Britain as well, which uh, they, like in Britain, if you burn a Koran, you go to jail and that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, and it, it, to me, the reason this matters is that um, actual freedom of speech is very rare in human history. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. And in the United States, we've developed the system where, like, you get to be a jerk. That's a, a yes. fundamental American right is you can be a jerk. And everyone's like, don't say that, you moron. But you do have that right to do it. And, uh, and that's something that's getting chipped away at over in Europe. Yeah, yeah I think here, too. Here too. I mean, yeah. you see the polls of, of young people in particular who think hate speech is not allowed in the, by, by the Constitution. Yeah. And again, like hate speech, we all just really don't want hate speech to be around. Um, but it is uh, available for people to, to, to partake in, and it should be. You know, I, I get, you know, the, the, the craziest example of this is they banned um, all, all Nazi stuff in Germany afterwards. The most understandable point yeah, of like, like uh, right, exactly like, get that. the most understandable, I think, possible uh, example of 
saying you can't talk about a certain topic in human history, right? Like the Nazis, no longer can you promote the Nazi party in our country. We got a lot of that. It didn't work out well. Go away. Totally understandable. But still, I mean, I just don't think that that is the right way for humanity to operate. When a government can say anything is bad, even though we all 100% agree that Nazi propaganda is a horrible, horrible thing, to ban it, you know, you're encouraging people to try to find it in other ways. It doesn't, it, it feels like you know, they're going to have arguments among themselves about how we're being downtrodden. We can't even say what we want to believe or what we believe. It's just, it's not the right way. You know, more speech, not less has been, I think, a, a, a great foundation here. It's worked out pretty well. Had a pretty successful it's, run. It's, I'm disturbed by this poll you mentioned in the United States of, of yeah. younger people uh, thinking you know freedom of speech is overrated, and I've I've had a couple of friends in New York that have kind of alluded to that, where, yeah. which I was very surprised by. Uh, and I th- my the thing I find very surprising is particularly in the United States right now with younger people who are liberal. Uh, I'm like, well, do, do you want Donald Trump to be in charge of like what is what is permissible? That seems like a terrible <laughs> idea. Right now, this yeah. guy that you loathe with the hatred of his th- thousand sons is the head of the government. Maybe we shouldn't give the government that much power. Maybe we should retain that as the people. Yes. They also want to uh, give uh, everyone give him their guns, which is like, yeah. don't trust <laughs> him and you fascist. think he's a fascist, hey, why would you give him all your stuff. Mm. That's going to work out great. All right, back in a minute. I think they've thought that one through all the way. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. All right, so at the same time as we have this crazy Trump uh, pipe bomber, we've got the New York Times uh, publishing Trump assassination porn. Jason. This is insane. So literally, exactly how you set it up. The same day these bombs are starting to show up in the mail, uh, the New York Times is publishing this. This. Uh, this. It wasn't even. It was an op-ed. or was an actual full-on article. It was a, was a collection of like fiction, fiction writers, yeah. Right? Yeah, like a- which is crazy to me because so basically they were given the assignment of let's just say the Mueller investigation is concluded and um, you know we've got all the information you know on what happened with Russia. So they they gave all these five authors say like do a little short story on what you know what happened. Every single one of them wrote the story as Trump was guilty. Like he was, you know, caught colluding with Russia, and what were the next steps that happened after that? They went as far as like him signing off on the Twenty Fifth Amendment, staying in power, you know, with Mike Pence basically running the show, uh, stuff like that, getting impeached. Um, but the craziest one was uh, a Russian uh, spy coming over to the United States and attempting to assassinate the president. But at the last second, his gun like jams, you know, misfires. And the Secret Service runs over. You, you know, you think that you know Secret Service is going to tackle him, but instead, Secret Service pulls out his weapon, hands it to the Russian uh, spy, and he shoots the president. I mean, just insane. So, for one, it's like, and again, like I think it was what yesterday we had like 200 journalists all sign this like collective letter saying, "Look, the president's you know uh, you know attacks on us, calling us fake news, or inciting." Well, you are writing a you're you publishing fictional stories that depict violence on the president. Like, how do you, like, it's the most self-serving, <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And I don't it's just, it's a perfect metaphor for everything that's wrong with the, or not a metaphor, but example of what is wrong with the media right now. Like, you have already made up your mind. 
you already know the outcome that you want to happen, and that's that he's guilty and he colluded with Russia. But even though you can't find that, which that's supposed to be your job, especially the New York Times, people like New York Times, Washington Post, it's your job to be the investigators, to go out and get the information that you know is not being told you. But in the absence of that, they're just writing fiction, literally writing <laughs> fiction to go along with their narrative. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's... Uh... I, you know, I have a wide berth for, for creativity. You know, people want to be fiction. If they want to write a story like that, I mean, they should be allowed to, as we were just saying, like very few limits, if any, and I'm pretty much a free speech absolutist on these things. They should be able to write these things. I just, I, I don't think you're, you're, you're certainly not able to maintain the moral high ground criticizing the other side for violent rhetoric when you're, you know, it's you're, the hypocrisy. when there's, yeah, it's the hypocrisy that's really bothersome there. Because we constantly are lectured by, you know, the New York Times and other sources about, how this violent rhetoric is going to lead to really terrible things. You know, I, like, do I think anyone is going to go try to shoot the president because of a, a stupid fictional article in the New York Times? I don't. Um, and it's, you know, even if someone did, it would not be the New York Times' responsibility. People are responsible for their own individual actions. And uh, it, it, now I feel is a good time to point out there are crazy people on all sides of the political spectrum. Totally. There are crazy I, I, people yeah. everywhere. I mean, like, I can't, I can barely go into a, a restaurant and not run into someone who I think is about to murder me. I mean, pretty much everyone I think is <laughs> what insane. What restaurants are you going to? Uh, a lot of fast food stuff. I mean, <laughs> this is why you avoid them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, look, there's crazy people everywhere. There's incompetent people everywhere. Like, there's people that you don't like on your, I mean, there's tons of people on the right that I would not want to hang out with, right? I mean, starting with this table. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's true. It's everywhere, right? Like, and it's just, it's, it's like we used to say with, 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 uh, with income inequality. Like, I, you know, I have, I never would say to Barack Obama, hey, that yacht you just bought is a really, is a really terrible thing. You don't deserve it. He, it's his money. He can buy whatever he wants. But don't buy the gigantic yacht and preach to me about income inequality. You don't yeah. get both of those things. Yeah. You either live in squalor and you can tell me those stories all day, or you go and you buy your yacht and you zip it about that. At yeah. least you have no credibility well, like, you know, on that like, argument. Like, uh, Donald Trump's not a gentleman. He, no. he's, he's, he's not a gentleman. <laughs> he's not. But if you're, if you're a gentleman, you need to retain that level of dignitas and respect. Mm-hmm. And, and Gentlemen partic- say dignitas. That's, what, that's one of the words they <laughs> say. I, a gentleman told me that in a, a seedy bathroom I was in last night at a dive bar. Uh, and uh, with, yeah, with, I think with, with particularly these, these large mainstream media outlets, if, if, we, if, if they want to adopt the position of, you know, I think rightly, that, that we're becoming hyper-partisan and we're becoming um, dominated by anger and hatred, then you can be a part of the process to help that. And that involves a lot of the time being better than the people that are yelling uh, and, uh, and, and trying to be stayed. And uh, I, I recommend anybody that's really worked up to, to read some Seneca uh, and uh, take a deep breath. And uh, the New York Times should do that. Last word. Last word. I, I'm just amazed. The, the, the media now wants to get butt hurt over being called fake. When over the past eight years, you were extremely persecuted by the Obama administration. Don't to act like this is an issue now. When for the past eight years, it has been tons worse. He actually weaponized the DOJ and the FBI to, like, uh, to look into their emails, to have people followed, wow. surveillance, mm. nonstop. Let's, why is this like suddenly an issue now just because they called you fake? Yeah. All right, back in a minute. That was way more than one word. It was. You just kept going. Yeah, it's like six. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but it's six. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. If 
you have not gotten your tickets yet, uh, Glenn and Sue, you're going with him, right? Uh, I am. You guys are going on the Addicted to Outrage tour. We are. Starts next week. What What can people expect? Uh, well, there's the election only a few days away, so uh, you're going to be watching all the craziness in the in the media about the election, and then we get to go make fun of it, which don't, is going to be. Like don't fun. forget to vote. That would be a really well, big. Yeah, you should probably not. We should probably go to the tour and vote. No, I meant uh, you. Oh, me? Yeah, you forget oh, to okay. vote. Well, I mean, if you're going to choose voting or going to the tour, Glenbeck.com/tour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there goes America. That's not what we need to be telling them. All right, we'll see you guys in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. The uh, LGBTQ TV presence has some new numbers. Yeah, I thought this was pretty interesting. So glad uh, they monitor how many characters in entertainment are LGBTQ. Or quilt bag, which I think is actually a much better. Have you heard the quilt bag thing? I think it's it's all of the things that are in LGBTQ and a couple of other ones, but it sounds like a word, and so you don't uh-huh. have to stop and say all of it. It's not. It sounds like an insult, kind of, but it's not. It's actually like a thing they're talking about adopting because you get a couple of the other groups. I don't. Well, so sounds really words. nice, quilt bag. Yes, quilt bag. but just... probably in five years, uh, if you say it, you'll get like fired from your job, <laughs> yeah, and I I, banned from society. It's hard to keep track of them. I think <laughs> anything calling anyone a bag feels like yeah. I just it doesn't. I don't know that. Oh, it works. that delightful old bag. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Um, but uh, so they, they they monitor the percentage here, and I thought this was pretty interesting. They're celebrating a growth, and I don't think this would surprise anyone who consumes entertainment. There are every more, show. It it's does like, feel it's forced. You a know, lot of times, like, it does feel. It could be a cartoon about ants, right. and then oh, and then there's the LGBT uh, couple well, ants. Like, why was that thrown in there? No, like, this is not a show about couples. A, a cartoon about like drag. Toddlers or whatever. Drag remember? toddlers. Yeah we, yeah, we covered that on this show. That it was RuPaul's, I forget what it's, it's called, but it's like drag kids. And like, look, I, you know, I think it's important for people to be able to watch shows that they like. And if you happen to be in one of these groups, I think it's interesting. Plus, I think also finding people with different stories is what makes entertainment interesting, right? Like telling the same boring story about an, another accountant might not be the most exciting thing. If, if it's a thing that's more, uh, you know, more in the culture and, and there's more people that you might know that are going through those experiences, there's a reason why it might be growing. What I thought was interesting, though, is it's now, I think, 8.8% of characters. Do we have the stat on that? I think it's 8.8%. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know if we pulled it. But I think it's 8.8% of characters now are LGBTQ, um, which is interesting because the national percentage for LGBTQ people is 4.5%. And that's from uh, from a, 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 a... I think that might also be GLAD, or it's another organization uh, that is friendly to uh, to gay rights. What, what I, It's interesting in that, like, I think a lot of times they're, they're trying to get this now up to 10%, which is fine. Like, I... Like, tell the story. Creative people should be able to tell whatever story they want. And I think, like, a lot of this has to do with representation in Hollywood of, you know, there's going to be people more friendly to telling those stories because they happen to be on the left side of the aisle. Um, but, like, I just feel like the quota idea is a bad one. Tell the story the way you want to tell the story. If you're writing, a, if you're writing something that's creative, you're trying to tell a story that's compelling, we shouldn't calculate the amount of white people and black people and Asian people and, and, and all these groups it should be you should be loyal to the storytelling, and I think so often Hollywood gets in these weird things where they're like, "Well, the Ghostbusters—they're women now," and 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 these things that that are their decisions made um, without the story as the number one uh, uh, focus. 
And, you know, you, I think having diverse ideas are, of course, interesting. And I think part of that is what makes America interesting. And it's also part of what makes entertainment interesting. I think if you have the same entertainment, it's the same stories from the same side, it's going to be really boring. But the idea of trying to find this number that we want to elevate a certain, a certain characteristic to that level is just, to me, not the right way of going about it. I just want them to abandon laugh tracks. That's what yeah. I want. Okay, we're, yeah. we're in 2018. Get rid of laugh tracks. The office killed them. It's ridiculous. Like, yes. oh, whenever, whenever I see a laugh track, I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with this. I, I agree with the, the general principle of like trying to set quotas, I think, is misguided. But I, it, like, I, I say like Modern Family, for example. I think Modern Family did a great service to the United States. Uh, you know, me, me being a beloved son of Oklahoma, um, I think that was the tipping point for America on acceptance of gay culture. Or I, should, I shouldn't even say gay culture gays, because previously in the media, say with like, a, um, oh, Will and Grace maybe in the 90s, like gay was very fabulous and it was very like glittery yes. and everything. And then when Modern Family came out, uh, I had like friends in Oklahoma, they're like, you know, gay people argue about drapes. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they're like a regular couple. And they're like, they seem like a regular couple. And I'm like, that's because they are. Most gay people but, are just normal gay people, uh, normal folks. Yeah, and, right. I, and I love that show. I love Modern Family. I think it's a great show. But that was what, what was great about it is it was it was central to the story. It was yeah. organic yeah. in the yeah. story. Yeah. And, and it, they're, they're, actually, their sexual identity was somewhat secondary yeah, to it wasn't know, just the fact that they were parents in a suburban environment. And like I think that. that I think that helps. I, it, not only does I think it makes a show better, but it also, if you are you know trying to make sure that people are treated equally and all that. I think it also helps there, too. But it's so obviously being forced. Like, it's being forced into it. It's, it's like, but there's, a, there's these, this, like, social justice affirmative action for every single issue that the, 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 the social justice group wants to, like, yeah. target. It's just ridiculous. It's just, it's just ridiculous. They're, they're, not, they're, they're already not being discriminated against. I mean, it's against the law to discriminate against people, re, you know, yeah. regardless. I mean, discrimination so, like, clearly act, exists whether it's legal or not. But, I mean, that does not well, mean... In Hollywood, they are... Yeah. LGBT, are, they have it higher than anybody else. Well, it, so it's like... And that's where they're making all these things. It's just... It's purely just to shove it down people's throats. I'm like, why? It's, it's, well, there's, a, there's the intersectionality sort of argument Glenn's brought up before and talked about uh, in, in these, you know, sort of conversations where... You know, there's a sort of a hierarchy of, of people who are a victimization, right? And, and this is sort of a mm-hmm. relatively well-known principle we discussed at length. But I do think that, like, the fact that there's already about double uh, percentage of, in stories as opposed to in the population, it doesn't strike me as, like, this is like, well, our top focus should be getting more LGBTQ storylines. Like, it's a storyline of life, right? And there's no problem with it. And I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those things that I think is interesting. But this idea that, like, the focus is um, getting to this number, they, they defined it at 10%. Like, we're not quite there. We're trying to get to 10%. Well, I mean, that's just a weird way to, to be motivated by the same thing that I would have a problem with someone who, you know, well, we need to have... Like, let's look for everything. Is there fifty percent Trump supporting characters say, on television? I, 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 say, I think, like, I, I like the idea of diversity, and I, I agree. I, I think that it, I think it actually it, it's more interesting. Um, but I would expand on that. I, I think, like, uh, yeah. you know, um, like I, I don't watch Silicon Valley, but I'm told it's great. Uh, yeah. and like, they had a plot recently where, uh, which I think is brilliant, where. Uh, one of the characters uh, is gay, and he, and he turns out to be Christian, and that's the thing that he's like, "Shut up, don't." We've tell actually, actually played a clip uh, from that episode on I, this show. I like that that one very, very funny, and, yeah. and is the incredibly insightful uh, Mike Judge, Mike Judge at work, uh, yeah. who's just a brilliant yeah. satirist. Uh, but that that to me is more interesting. And like, I think like a lot of the time too, you know, the the actual the width and breadth of the political spectrum is a lot more diverse intellectually than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I think, there's a big difference between a a reluctant Trump voter, a super Trump voter, yeah. and a Republican that defected. And like having having those kind of interact with each other, particularly now in an environment where everything's political, and being able to see people, you know, 
get along, I think would be a powerful thing in television. And, and there's a legitimately like one show that is focused on a conservative family, right? Which is the one that got canceled by ABC despite its really high they're, ratings. They're bringing her back, but they brought her back. Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Died from an opioid <laughs> o- overdose. So what they well, do? oh, you're saying Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. Roseanne is true. I, Roseanne, although... The Tim Allen one. Yeah, okay, the last, Tim Allen one was the one I was thinking of, Last Man Standing. Oh, okay. But yeah. Roseanne, you're right, is, is another one that seems to be sort of Trump supporting. There's not a lot on there. I mean, Ron Swanson is the only libertarian character that I can ever remember being on a show. And and that was like that's beloved by people who don't want to be libertarian, right? Like bringing those things into the conversation yeah. in that context was really fun. And I think even people who hate libertarians they, loved that. They did a good job with him too. He's a, yeah. he's a great character. And while while he is like an extreme character, he in the show the libertarian is sort of the sage character that's yeah. that's reeling back the protagonist from excess, where she's too too you know too idealistic, and he's like you know. Leslie, you can't do whatever. And, like, and it, it, it made for an interesting dichotomy, and I, I think it helped a lot in terms of you know simmering things down a little. Uh, Jason, NATO is uh, going forth with their biggest military exercise in years. Yeah, Trident Juncture is uh, it's it's huge. It's it's their biggest military exercise in years. Fifty thousand people are involved. I, like I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say fifty thousand? No, I <laughs> just go ahead. I'm expanding on that. Try, try fifty thousand. Trident, Trident Juncture sounds like a great stop on your car trip. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh, Trident Juncture, they got a Snuffies. We can, uh, we can get some burgers. <laughs> a giant Trident at the gas station. Um, but yeah, it's uh, tw- all twenty nine countries, including, and this is really making uh, Russia nervous. Sweden and Finland, which the policy for those two countries, and this is how Russia likes it, is for them to stay neutral. You know, to to fully like for them to accept the fact that they they can balance Russia Russian needs off of Western needs. But this is a big you know shift in that, and uh, part of that is being because Russia has been very aggressive on their borders. They've been moving troops that that direction. They they have had subs. You know, that's always in the news where a sub was detected, a Russian sub in their in their territorial waters. Um, so everyone over there is nervous. So that's not really what I want to talk about. So th- this is big, and I'm really interested in, in to know like what what the audience thinks, who's listening to this or seeing this, or what you guys think about this, especially you, because I yeah. think you might disagree. I think NATO's sacred. Um, <laughs> so I so I I'm very proud of NATO and what they've accomplished. This is the thing with NATO right now; they're obsolete and shouldn't exist anymore. That's my hot take. Mm. There, there's hot take. Let, let me explain though. Mm-hmm. So. For you, for you to have a, a military alliance, right? A military alliance is like NATO is just that. It's, it's all about military, and it's all kind of revolving around one single issue. Like, you, okay, we, does, we all decide to come together. We're each different NATO countries. We come to decide because this salad, whatever this is, is, is a threat to us all. Mm-hmm. So we all have that interest. Well, once that interest, which this salad thing is the Soviet Union, once that went away, we didn't have we didn't have a unifying reason to exist anymore. But the problem is it kept going. It kept going as if the Federation of Russia was the Soviet Union, which is just not the case. So right now you're and the reasons because of like and this is not something that came up just with Trump. Uh, President Obama was doing the same thing. He was trying to get those country, you know, Germany, places like that, to contribute more, you know, closer to the what is it, two percent. Um, so th- this is something that's been going on for a while. But right now it's just really boiling ahead because. These countries, we all have different interests. We don't have a unifying principle that locks us all together and say, yes, if, you, if someone attacks you, like Montenegro was, I think, just recently inducted, we have no security ties, I mean, no like, strategic ties to Montenegro whatsoever. So if someone attacks Montenegro, do you think Germany is going to say, don't worry, we're all coming in and going to war with you? No, it's going to fall apart. It's going to take something like that to highlight. And the only time we've ever declared Article 5 was during 9-11. And sure, people went to go help us, but hardly at all. I think, was it Germany? Somebody actually just didn't well, help we, us at we all. Had, 
we had Frenchmen coming to Afghanistan and stuff as a result. I mean, pe- sure. people that we, we typically make fun of were, were bleeding for us in the <laughs> right. desert. I mean, I, that, and, I, and, I, and I was with them, and I saw them there, and that was like the first time we saw that, and it was like crazy. But I, going forward, there's something is going to happen to where we are, this is going to bring this to a rise to where we, we don't have a common enemy anymore, and we all have different interests. And... NATO, I'm sorry, it's it, it just it's obsolete, and it, all it does is it makes it more uh, hostile towards places in Eastern Europe where it didn't even have, it didn't have to be. The, the future, the path forward is military alliances, trade pacts uh, with individual countries. I, not I ultra. Would, I would like to rebut. You, uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, okay. Good. Jerry Springer, go. J- Jason, you treasonous honky. <laughs> uh, NATO is sacred. Here's, I, I don't think George H.W. Bush gets nearly enough credit. Like We, we kind of overlook him. He, he was a brilliant statesman, particularly in terms of foreign policy. The Soviet Union is collapsing. It's a nuclear power. Things could have gone real bad mm. real quick. Mm. He was able to keep um, Gorbachev calm. Part of that was uh, kind of giving uh, the Soviet Union a buffer state. All these, all these states are cracking off. Um, uh, Bush said, we're not going to, that's your zone of influence. We're not going to take those. We've now gone back on that. Uh, kind of the, the John Boltons of the world want to just keep expanding and expanding and expanding, which oh. I think is a bad move. Clinton. He was one of the worst. Yeah, Clinton, because we, we'd already made an agreement. We weren't, we weren't going to go into your zone of influence. We did. Uh, that said, though, the reason that NATO is good, the reason that we should be a part of it and that it's a uh, a positive force on Earth is that it's keeping a civilizational block together. It started out it, it completely as an anti-Soviet mechanism um, to keep Europe safe and to keep us allied. And we, we were able to keep that together and keep the United States allies with Europe after its foe fell apart, which is an amazing coup to have happen. And I, I don't want Europe going on some other multi-track because we've gotten, historically, we're looking at like 300-year periods here. We get drawn into all these European wars. I want Europe to stay unified. I want them to all be on the same team militarily. I don't want that falling apart. And I want them to be on the same page as us. So I, I think NATO's a, a great thing. I would hold back its expansion. I think going into Sweden and Finland's a very bad idea. That would be like the equivalent of Russia trying to put um, troops in like Quebec we're, we're trying to get Baja California allied with it. I totally get why they're worked up and we're in the wrong. Those should stay neutral. That said, though, those founding members of NATO that we're a part of, um, that deters war and it, it makes the, the world safer. So we should stick, in, stick around. And I agree with you that Europe as a whole scares me once it starts like, well, let's say Germany starts, say, yeah. let's say we dissolve NATO, then instantly Germany has to rearm. Yeah. You know, places like that. They're, they're good at it. They're, yeah. they're, they're like, they're they're very, very good, good at it. Norm Donald has this bit about how like, <laughs> this is, you know, the Germany, they, they, they decide who are they going to fight? The world. Yeah. <laughs> they nearly won. The, the problem with Europe, and you were talking about the European Union early in the show, is that it's a complete and utter failure. And also the European Union is going down. It's going to go down hard. The reason being is because they wanted everyone to basically forget who they were. They wanted everyone to forget that they're, they're British yeah, or they they're wanted French. The United or States of Europe. No, you are Europe. You are European. And European, uh, you, know, uh, you know, wants and... and, and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, interests and all that stuff to so supersede whatever your wants or, or you know, or, or interests are, which is just not the case. Is that an argument, though, for NATO in that it's a limited basis, right? Like, you're, you're, it's not about, I mean, a lot of the problems that, you know, people had with, and the reason why people wanted Brexit, for example, was because it wasn't just, okay, we're all aligned in, in a military sense for, let's say, good, right? Like, we're, we're, the, we're the good guys, right? 
um, where it got into so much micromanagement of the countries, where it came to courts that could overrule what, what Great Britain wanted and economic interests that could overrule. And Daniel Hannan has made all these points. Uh, when you look at, you know, he was a, he's a total free trader. I mean, Daniel Hannan is brilliant, and he's one of the biggest minds behind Brexit, and they, they make it out to be this protectionist idea. I mean, Hannan didn't argue for that at all. He argued for it on a free trade basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just I, don't want to take their orders from Brussels. Right. That was the only and, thing. And I think because that, that was so wide, right, um, where NATO is at least just based on that one idea, just a military idea, is there any, like, argument, isn't that a kind of an argument for a middle ground between nothing and, you know, a European Union situation? Well, I... I mean, I think you're right. Like you're right. If Montenegro gets, if Russia attacks Montenegro, we're going to be like, all right, hey guys, uh, was I, I don't, you didn't sign your thing though. It's not you didn't dot that I, right. so it doesn't count. Maybe a better example is Turkey. So Turkey is in NATO. We needed Turkey um, to basically block the Soviets from, if we wanted to, to block them from going through the Bosphorus and getting down, you know, uh, into the Mediterranean. So that was vital, absolutely vital. Um, but is Turkey really our ally? Can anyone at this table seriously say that Turkey right now is our ally? Well, right well, now, I mean, don't we don't we like don't we use it? As, we we like send jets there before we go into the Middle East and things. I mean, sure. it, it is a very important logistical. Yeah. Injerlik Air Base is like very very vital, but still, they wouldn't hesitate if for anything. Like, there's right now we're basically fighting each other in Syria. I mean, our, we're not acting like NATO allies whatsoever. They're doing deals with Russia. You know, they're, they're not even going through us. They're, they're doing deals with Russia. Turkey has just other interests right now. They want to take over the Middle East. We don't want a single power to take over the Middle East. We want it to be very, very diversified. But that's not what Turkey wants. I mean, they just don't want... I mean, and eventually, as they spread out, they're also going to spread out, historically, they spread out into uh, Eastern Europe. That's their historical land. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, spread out into Russia, into uh, the, the, the Caucasus. Um, so they've got their own interests, but after you've seen after 50-plus years of Cold War that our interests just do not align with them anymore. So there's going to be a breaking point to where they're like, look, we cannot deal what, with What, what do you anymore. think will happen? Like, what's the, what's the you know, like, like Turkey will just split off or will kick Turkey out? Or do you think NATO will just kind of fall apart? Or I think, I think NATO will eventually just kind of fall apart. Uh, Jen's, uh, what's, his, what's the Supreme Commander or whatever they're calling him, Jen Stoltenberg? He just wrote an article in The Guardian that, like a couple months ago, and it was like startling. He was basically saying, look, if we've got to find something, that, basically what I was just saying, some kind of common ground so that we can move together as one, because now everyone's just kind of going off in their own direction. Direction. I mean, and, and that's that really is what you're seeing. I, I think that Western Europe is going to go a direction. Eastern Europe's going to go a direction. Russia's going to go to a direction. And the only way to, uh, this is going to get way too long-winded, but there was a Polish uh, general that uh, once uh, uh, came up with an idea of this thing called the intermarium. So basically what the intermarium means is from the Black to the Caspian Sea. So it was a string of countries basically from uh, you know, like Poland, uh, you know, and, the, and some of the Slavic nations in the top that kind of formed this line that went all the way down, uh, you know, towards the south, towards the Mediterranean. And these countries, Romania, you know, uh, Poland, uh, even Ukraine, possibly, they would both be able to push back against Western Europe. And they would also, if they had to, could push back against uh, Russia if need be. I think that's the future of so, the United so States involved be, keep, in Europe. keep them from being satellites to either major power? Yes. And, and keep one from taking control of the entire continent. So, and be like a wedge, basically. That's where I think, I, th- I think NATO would probably go away. Other alliances would happen. The United States would go into that intermarium thing where we're just, we don't want you guys to get too powerful. We don't want you guys to be too powerful. All right. Remember to uh, be tweeting us your questions, comments, using the hashtag TheBlazeY for podcast listeners. That is TheBlazeWHY. Uh, today is uh, from Mongo Gato. If we could put that up on the screen. They sent me this. Okay, well, I was told that you did. 
<laughs> I'm being told in my ear that we don't have it. Um, so we'll go ahead and do the poll question first. Uh, yesterday was in light of current events. Is it ever acceptable to dress as an individual from a culture other than your own? Um, and 84% of you said yes. 8% of you said no. And then another 8% said depends. So <laughs> I should it be 100% depends. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if, if you're in the, if you're in the yeah. 84%, really the depends. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I think we do have that that uh, post for the Blaze Y. So it's a picture for podcast podcast <laughs> listeners. It's a picture of a Halloween costume, a girl mm. in a in a cat costume, and a picture of a cat that says, "I'm a cat, not a costume. Wow. This is not who I am, and this is not okay." You know, I, I agree <laughs> with. To illustrate uh, how ridiculous this, this is. This is this is cultural appropriation. A terrible, and I believe I would like to talk to that young lady. <laughs> uh, wow. What she's doing. So if she would like to come here to the blaze, five thirty. <laughs> Uh, that feels like that's the exact time of happy hour. Could be. Could be. <laughs> okay. You're not familiar. So. <laughs> and then today's question, uh, how do you feel the mainstream media has covered the suspicious package story this week, which we now know are pipe bombs, but uh, really unsuccessful pipe bombs. But let us know at The Blaze. That's at The Blaze on Twitter. And we will see you guys Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was an interesting conversation. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.